This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Well, hello, church. Won't you all stand with me? Welcome everyone in Stevens Point in Appleton and joining with us online. My name is Phil Gunger, one of the pastors here at the church, and would you please join me as we recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith and what we believe here at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Now, for those of you in Green Bay, you're probably wondering, wait, there's something different about this guy. See, when I play the guitar, I don't have the sport coat on. When I put on the sport coat, I become Pastor Phil. It's totally different. And it probably helps differentiate me from the other guys on the stage. So I know you guys have a tough time telling us apart. It's true, because there's been several Sundays that you guys have told me how, what a lovely singing voice I have. I wasn't singing. <laughs> I just take the compliment and pass it on to the guy you probably meant it for. It's no problem. It's like, none of you have hair and you have beards. It's hard to tell who's who. Anyway, now Pastor Phil with the sport coat. All right. Now this morning, I want to talk about thinking great thoughts and staying focused on the right things in life, specifically keeping our minds focused on what's good and letting our thoughts, not letting our thoughts get distracted by wrong and negative things. Now, amen. <laughs> now, if you remember last week, uh, my father, he, he hit on this, talking about having faith and not, you know, letting your mind just sit there and rehearse the same thing over and over again and bringing that home and sharing that with your family and then of course as only my father can so eloquently put things not to emotionally vomit all over each other and uh, you know I was sitting there thinking that and um, I'd, I'd been reading this this book recently called uh, From Good, Good to Great in God's Eyes uh, by a guy named Chip Ingram and um, it was talking a lot about this and, and I thought you know I don't emotionally vomit necessarily on other people but I definitely spew up on myself from time to time <laughs> you know you get those thoughts stuck in your head and you start rehearsing things. And um, so as I was reading that book, I really just kind of felt like I wanted to share um, some more things about this, about this idea of thinking great thoughts. And so to set up the message today, I actually want to share a bit uh, from this book. Um, it says this, it says, 
The old axiom, you are what you eat, is true, not only physically, but also psychologically and spiritually. Um, you know, you've heard the whole thing, you are what you eat, which I thought about that. I thought if that's true, that means I'm probably half Mexican instead of half Puerto Rican. <laughs> I likes me some Mexican food, I do. Like just this week, Monday, I went to Qdoba. Tuesday, I thought, man, that was good, I'm gonna go to Qdoba. <laughs> and Wednesday, I thought, well, I want Qdoba, but that's a little silly to go three days in a row, so I'll mix it up, I'll go to Taco Bell. <laughs> and just really like, yeah, whoa, so different. And then Friday, uh, my wife and I went out to lunch and we went to margaritas. So, I definitely get my fair share of Mexican food, but <laughs> it's this whole idea of, uh, you, you know, basically you are what you think. Uh, he says, the thoughts that entertain in our minds become the thoughts that guide our lives for better or for worse. Whether we like it or not, what we think influences what we do. The thoughts we have, the feelings we feel, the experiences that shape our understanding, it's these things that steer the ship in our lives. See, we act out of the perceptions we have, so those perceptions become a critical battleground. There's the rest of it. I forgot to hit my little button. <laughs> he made up the last part. And uh, as I was reading through this, it, it really made me think about where my thoughts have been because I was getting really kind of convicted over this because I don't know if you're like me, but it seems like every year I'm at that stage in life where everything gets crazier and crazier. You know, got four kids and they always seem to be doing more and more. Of course, there was a family in the first service that said, dude, we got six kids. <laughs> you got it easy. I said, I, I suppose so. Let's count my blessings there. But it seems like just things get busier and busier, and there's more and more stuff going on. And I thought, man, I've been spending more time in this last year focused on my problems than I have about focused on the promises of God. And when that happens, you kind of get all thrown off, and you start, I think really, it's kind of like you stumble around in life. You know, it's, it's like you ever... And maybe this is you, but have you ever seen those YouTube videos of people who are so focused on their phone they just run into random things, they don't see them? They're hilarious. They're just some guy walking along like this and there's a wall and wham, he hits the wall. He's like, look at like, like this wall just appeared. You know, it's like, wow, how did this get here? It's like, no, it's been there for a while. You were not paying attention. Or you got the videos where they're like, seen the ones where they're walking through a mall and there's like this big giant water fountain thing there and they don't see it. And they got like the security camera. And it's just, it happens a lot. So it's just different clips of different people. This lady just walking along, no idea that it's there. And then, boom, into the water they fall. And it's hilarious. And you can spend a long time laughing at that if you're a very disturbed individual. <laughs> the person, I was just making fun of someone, but I won't mention who their name was. We were laughing about this last night. But they laugh at all of the awful things that happen to people. And they just laugh at them. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, their spouse has been on the receiving end of that several times. <laughs> laugh at them first, then figure out if they're still alive. Okay. But it's hilarious. These people, they so get focused into their, their phone, they're not paying attention, and just boom, all of a sudden, they made some bad decisions. You ever have that happen to you? You're so focused on your problems, and it seems like you just can't figure out life, and you're bouncing around, and things are getting tough. And so, as I was thinking about this, it just, it, that kind of analogy kind of came through. Now, um, don't worry, honey, I'm not going to tell the story. I've got a story I want to tell, and my wife was warning me against saying it. But I'll, I'll just hint around it um, and see if she yells at me afterwards. Uh, but we were in Hungary 
uh, recently, and we were uh, there speaking to a group out there, and uh, everyone kept telling us we had to go check out this one thermal bath. It was like this famous one. It was made like 500 years ago by the Turks. It's like, that's where all the locals go. You know, you got to go a place where the locals go. So we thought, cool. So we go in there and, um, you know, of course, we want to take photos inside of the bath and all these cool things. So I'm like, well, I'll bring my phone. It's like waterproof-ish. And <laughs> apparently there's a difference between water-resistant and waterproof. But anyway, I'm sitting there. And, and, and I, but I've had like in pools and stuff and things before. I don't reel deep with it. Um, so I thought it'd be okay. But what I didn't think about was that extreme temperature changes, phones don't like that. So the way that these thermal baths are set up is you've got like the really hot one and then the cold one. And, then, and you're supposed to go around to these different temperatures and you bounce kind of in and out of them for a few minutes. So I'm doing that. I'm having a blast. My phone, not so much. And all of a sudden I get out and I feel this warm, <laughs> really warm sensation in my thigh. And I'm like, what is that? And I go and I reach out my phone, and my phone's like burning hot. It's like, what the heck? Of course, it won't turn on. And I think, and then I take off my case, and I look at the back of it, and it had like exploded. <laughs> and now it is full of thermal water. Uh, good for the joints, not good for your phone. And so my phone's dead, and I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, my goodness. Immediately, my mind starts racing of all the things, you know, that we have. Of course, I'm thinking of the practical things like, how were we going to get around? Because I was using like the, the Hungarian version of Uber on my phone to get us around. You call your taxi and then you don't have to speak the language or have their money. It all happens in the app. Of course, my wife was more concerned about all the photos I just lost. Excuse me, lost. But anyway, so I, I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, well, my wife still has her phone because I'm hungry. You can't really just go pick up a new phone. So I'm thinking, okay, I got to put that app on my wife's phone and I got to log in and I got to put the credit card information. I got to go through this whole process. You know, this is kind of going through my head. And so uh, as we go to change, that happens. Uh, I'm thinking about this. Now, the, the way they do the changing areas there is there's just these little uh, stalls that you go in and then you close and lock the door. And, um, but it's kind of an open area. It's not like men here, women there. It's like you just go in the thing and change. So I'm really focused on my phone. Oh. And I go in, and I swear that I closed and turned the lock. <sighs> Needless to say, a few minutes later, as I hear a gasp and the door shut again behind me, I realized it did not lock the door, that I was so focused into my little phone that apparently I forgot that little detail, which was quite embarrassing, and my wife begged me not to tell that story. I'm sorry. <laughs> but man, if that's not exactly what happens in life, when we get too focused on the negative things in life, our problems, our worries, how we're going to get that project done at work, how we're going to get our four kids to 12 different practices that all start at the same time for some reason, how we're going to make rent at the end of the month, or how you're going to deal with that spouse that's driving us nuts. Don't worry, baby, this is a general one, not a specific one. You know, and what you've got to understand, when your mind gets on that, you become what you think. You know, as it says in Proverbs says, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. In other words, you really are what you think. This is why it's important to make sure that your thinking goes in the right place. You know, as uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, he says to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Because whether we like it or not, what we think influences what we do. And so in this book, I was reading this guy, he has this great analogy about how thinking influences, uh, you know, what you do and stuff. He says, you know, think of like a train, okay, and your thoughts are the engine. 
the little engine that could. That's what's pulling everything. And he said that engine of thoughts pulls a car. The first car it pulls is our emotions. The next car it pulls is our behaviors. And the last car it pulls is the consequences. So in other words, when you have good thoughts, it'll influence your emotions for good, which will in turn influence your behavior and produce positive consequences. Negative thoughts have the same influences, but in the opposite direction. So again, another way to look at this is when you have wrong thinking, you're gonna have negative emotions, which are gonna lead to unwise behavior, which is gonna lead to devastating consequences. But when you get right thinking, it leads to positive emotions, which leads to wise behavior, and eventually that's when you get the fruitful consequences. Again, it's this whole idea of understanding that we will act out of the perceptions we have. So we need to make sure we keep thinking and staying focused on the right things. Paul talks about this in his letter um, to the church in Philippi where he emphasizes the importance of great thoughts. You kind of read through the letter and you can see him, he's talking to them and telling them to think of themselves as citizens of heaven. He's telling them to be joyful, to have a mind of humility and servanthood and not to be a complainer and whiner. And he tells them not to be intimidated by those who oppose you and so on and he's going through this. And Then in chapter four, he acknowledges that there will be troubles in life that will bring on anxiety and fear. But then he tells them to respond by getting rid of anxiety and as we, uh, uh, Pastor Becky read through this thing, uh, to give this idea of thankful prayer. And then he says in uh, chapter four, verse seven, he says that the result, when you get your right thinking, will be a kind of peace that transcends all understanding and will guard your hearts and your minds. He then goes and he closes out this same letter by saying, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, you see he's going through and saying these are things that you need to think about. Think about what's true. Get your mind set on what's noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, and admirable. He says, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And he goes on to say uh, uh, later in there, he does talk about how the peace of God will be uh, with you. And um, I'm skipping all over the place in my thing. Where am I? I swear I just lost a slide. Who cares? Move on. See, Paul's saying that if you get your thoughts right, that then your emotions, that your behaviors, and your consequences, which is peace, will follow. You know, in Romans uh, 8, 6, which is already up there, amazing. He says, the mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. In Colossians 3, 2, he says, set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. See, the scripture is very clearly painting this idea that there is this struggle to keep our minds focused on the right thing, and Satan tries to get our mind off of it. It's true. You can actually see it too when Satan is tempting Jesus in the wilderness. He's trying to get his mind to think about this, to think about that, and finally Jesus has it. He says, get behind me, Satan. He says, your mind is not set on the things, on the concerns of God, but on the concerns of man. See, he even tried to throw Jesus off by getting his mind set on these other things. And that's what he does with us. You know, it's like, as, as I was thinking through this, I, I got this kind of image in my mind of um, a virtual reality. You guys 
know what virtual reality is? You ever play those virtual reality games or know what they are? Well, it's, it's this thing where you put on like this headset and it's got a screen there and it's got things over your ears to hear something and all of a sudden it like transports you into another world. And, and what's cool about this is it, it can tell when you're moving around. And so, so you look up and you see the sky, you look down, you see the ground. If your friend's next to you, you look over, you see your friend, you're in this whole other world. And um, there's a place in town that opened recently. It's called the Edge VR. It's out by the airport. A friend of mine, Tony Riale, uh, opened it. And my uh, sons heard about this. Three boys, they all enjoy video games. <laughs> and they were begging their mom, you know, we gotta go to that, gotta take us to that, gotta take us to that. So, you know, of course, my wife comes to me and says, will you take your sons to this thing? Now, of course, I'm a giant video game nerd myself, so, but I had to play it off like I'm cool. Sure, babe, I'll do that for the kids. If that's what the boys want, if that's what they want, then we can do that. Sure, it's for the kids. So, so anyway, so we go, and we go out there, and um, my first son, he, he gets his, they set him up, the people there, they get his little headset set on and set up, and it's like he's in this world. And it's hilarious because you're watching him. If you've never watched someone just do VR, it's quite hilarious because you can tell they're really into something, but there's nothing really there. They're like, you know, this is what you see, you know, like there's nothing, what are you fighting? There's nothing there. So you see, kind of see him moving around and then they take and they put him in this thing, uh, it's like called the tower or something, but they take him on top of this, like this skyscraper type of thing, right? And like, okay, we're going to take this place. He's up on the skyscraper and like, you know, he's looking around, he can see the skyscraper and like look over the edge and then like there's this plank that you can walk out. And they're like, now walk out the plank and he's like, you know, he gets like, he's down on his hands and knees at one point. He's like, he's like why? Because he was afraid he was going to fall. What he didn't understand, he got lost in the reality. We're sitting there saying, no, it's, son, you can't fall. You're, you're on the ground floor. There's nothing there. But because that's what he sees in his perception is he's crawling out there. And then they're like, now jump. He's like, I don't want to jump. <laughs> ah, jump, it's cool. Ah, I don't want to jump. It took, now he eventually jumped. Because we'll get mad at me. You didn't tell people I eventually jumped. You eventually jumped. It's okay. But it took a little convincing. Why was that? Because his perception was he was on top of a skyscraper crawling out on this little thing. If that was reality, you'd be scared, wouldn't you? But what happened is he got lost in his own reality and he kind of forgot that, oh, wait a second, there's another reality here that I'm not actually there. And so then it came my turn. You know, I'm laughing. And so I, I get mine on and... They ask, you know, what kind of game do you want to play? I'm looking at the games. I saw one about zombies, and I was like, sold. <laughs> like, I'm a zombie fan. I am. I just, uh, you know, you always got to be prepared. You never know what the apocalypse is like. I mean, there's zombies running around. <laughs> so when people at, at staff members, they get sick. I tell them, well, don't come into work, because, man, what if you're like patient zero, and you die and turn into a zombie? Now, I'm put in the moral quandary of do I kill you, or do I tie you up in the back like a pet? I don't know. I don't need that, so just stay home. <laughs> so, anyway, so I'm like, okay, I got to play this zombie game. So I get into the zombie game, and I'm going along and, you know, kind of figuring things out. Well, all of a sudden, you go on, you get caught up in the game, and I start to think I'm really out there fighting zombies, and there's one part where I'm going through, like, this cave, and I can only see whatever my flashlight turns on, and you're going around, and all of a sudden, those little zombie guys would jump out, and I'd be like, ah, and I'm shooting them, ah! You know, again, Phil, zombies aren't really there, but you get caught up in it. And you think, wait, but they, they really are there. 
And as I was going through and I was reading this book, I was kind of studying this thought, I thought, man, that's what happens when we, we allow these negative thoughts, when we allow our stress and our fear to dominate our minds. We get so caught up in our own reality, we forget as Christians there's something more. That God is out there. And that he's there for us and he cares for us. But, but we can't see it. That's why we get freaked out and we're walking around, you know, and we're like, oh my goodness. I got, but, but I got this, this project at work that I have to get done and, and I swear everyone on my team is incompetent and of course we're gonna do an awful job and they're gonna blame me because I'm the one in charge and then, well then of course what's gonna happen is I'm gonna get fired and, and then we're gonna lose everything and then my kids are gonna grow up to be ex-murderers. What's gonna happen? You know, and you freak out because that's what your reality shows you because that's what you're going through and what happens is you get so focused on things you forget. Wait a second. I'm not here by myself. I'm not alone. But God is with me. This is why sometimes it's tough. You might sit in service like this and you're hearing us tell you, you're reading these scriptures, do not be anxious about anything. Like, yeah, easy for you to say <laughs> because you so see your reality. But see, it's kind of like you're getting these verses and these things and when people give you these words of encouragement, it's like they're the ones outside looking at you freaking out saying, hey, you don't need to freak out. Kind of like with my son when we're telling him, it's okay, you can jump. You're not really on a sky, you're not gonna die. But you get freaked out. It's like the story, see, Jesus got this. It's, it's like the story of uh, you know, when he was in the boat with the disciples and they're crossing, a little sea there, and they're going along and all of a sudden the winds pick up and the waves start going crazy and it looks really bad. And these guys are freaking out. The disciples are freaking out. They're thinking, we're gonna drown, we're gonna die. Then they go back and they look at Jesus. He's not freaking out. In fact, he just fell asleep on a cushion, it said. <laughs> he must be a hard sleeper, by the way. I don't know. But he's sitting there sleeping. And so they wake him up and they go, Jesus, teacher, don't, don't you care if we drown? Because that's what the reality was showing him. We're going to die. And he gets up and he looks at the wind. He says, be quiet. Looks at the, the wave and says, be still. And it was everything calmed out. Freaked the disciples out a little bit. And Jesus looks at them and he says, where's your faith? You see, they were so caught up into their reality, they weren't thinking that, wait, we serve a big God and I'm not here alone, but Jesus got it. That's why he was chilling out in the cushion sleeping. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, know that, I know that's what it shows, but it's cool, God's got us. It's like, so he had to change their reality, see what they see, for them to finally, oh, okay. Where he was saying, you could have had faith, you'd have been okay, and you'd have been okay. But what we want is we want God to just change our realities, right? We don't want to see the scary zombies jumping out at us. <laughs> we don't want to be staring at the edge. <laughs> we just want that to change. But see, then, where's your faith? This is why we need the faith in there. And this is why it's very important to get your thinking right because that's what helps you to remember, wait a second, I'm not in this on my own. And a great way to get your thoughts right is by really starting to get the word of God into your brains. You know, you gotta start finding verses and scriptures and start memorizing them. You know, start getting up. You can take one little scripture, just read it in the morning, read it at night. Like, do that for a while. 
until you get that thing stuck in your head. Right, I'm sure there's all, all of us here probably have little things that we can remember from forever ago, like when you were a kid and your teacher drilled something into you and uh, maybe it's some little grammar thing and every time you run in, anyone in the life that you run into a little grammar thing and you recite almost like what they taught you back in there? It's because it was so hit into your brain. For me, I seem to always remember the old songs we used to sing in children's church because <laughs> I was at church all the time. <laughs> if you were here first Wednesday, you would have heard me talk about how I would always ask, do I have to go to church? My parents would say, no, you get to go. But that means I have to go. No, it means you get to go, which very clever on their part, they were trying to get my mind to change, right? I don't have to go, I get to go. But it, when I was young, I still just thought, whatever, that still means I have to go. So I'd go, I sat in a lot of children's church and heard the same songs over and over again. And I can still, to this day, like, they all were kind of to the same beat. I just call it the boom chuck a beat. This is a day, this is a day, and what a mighty God we serve. He is the king. Uh, those are all different songs. And I could go for a while. Maybe someday we'll come in, I can lead you an old gospel <laughs> worship set from memory. Those songs, they still, like, <laughs> I tell, how many times have I, sometimes I'll freak out and I start singing that song? And I laugh and I said, I've known so many songs since then. Like brain, why can't you bring up something with a cooler beat or something? But for whatever, that one's drilled into my head. And that's what happens. We need it when we get scripture into us. And man, I was convicted of this. I was like, you know, I've been reading my Bible, but I haven't been soaking in it. I haven't been dwelling on things. I haven't been taking a little section of verse and just letting it kind of wash over me. Instead of just a verse of the day, man, some of us just need a verse of the month. We just keep doing that verse every day for a month, getting that thing inside of us because that will be all of a sudden something that pops up to you when you start freaking out and you remember, oh, wait, wait a second. Oh, zombies really aren't gonna kill me. Okay, I'm, I'm not here by myself. God's got me. He tells me to think this way about it. And when that happens, you start getting that scripture into your head, it starts to change you. In Romans um, 12, 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, transform. You guys know the transformers? Transformers, more than meets the eye. That song is also stuck in my head. <laughs> I watched that cartoon too many times. <laughs> These transformers, I call them transformers because they look like they're just a car and then, <gasps> it's a robot, ah! See, it was something and it became something else. That's why they're called transformers. And it says when we get in there, we become transformed, which means we're not what we were. We start becoming something different. We start thinking another way because of the renewing of our minds. You start getting scripture, you start getting that stuff in there, it will change the way you think. And people will notice it. I remember when I first really started, you know, getting scripture in me when I was in high school. Uh, when I was in high school, I liked to talk a lot. Um, and usually when I was not supposed to be talking, I thought the class was there for my audience. Um, apparently not so much. My teachers did not appreciate that. Um, there were a few classes that I ended up having to take in the principal's office because the teacher w couldn't handle me anymore. And um, not how you should be. And I remember when I started getting to this and I started memorizing, so I, I would do like Proverbs, you know, I, I liked Proverbs. If, if you're a very practical thinker, Proverbs is great to jump into, it's pretty practical stuff. And I'd start getting those things into me. And man, I'd just get convicted, like, oh my gosh. You know, I still, still remember one of the ones that really hit me. Uh, Proverbs says, you know, uh, even a fool when he keeps silent is considered wise. 
I was like, oh, I never shut up. <laughs> I was like, I'm just looking like a fool all the time. Like, dude, just keep your mouth shut. Even if you're a fool, you're considered wise. And it will start to change me a little bit. And it, would, it started to affect me. Now, I, I didn't notice it so much because it's still my struggle I'm going through. But it was funny how all of a sudden teachers would start coming up to me my last year there and they would say, you know, you've really matured this year. You've really matured. And I giggled. I said, no, I say. But what happened was I wasn't, because I was getting this stuff in my head, when all of a sudden I wanted to step up and take over the class because I had something hilarious to say that really everyone needed to hear, I started thinking, even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. Phil, like, shut your mouth. You don't need to say anything right now. And they're saying, well, something different about you. You know what they were seeing? They were seeing a transformation that was happening because I was renewing my mind. And this is a reminder that hit me. I was sitting there thinking, oh my goodness. I've kind of, I've gotten away from some of this stuff. I need, to, I need to keep this going because I've been noticing my life and I'm getting so busy, so crazy that I'm focused on my problems and not on God's promises. And so just want that to be your encouragement as you move forward to think about that. I know life will freak you out. Things will happen. The zombies will pop out and you'll ah, scream. But just to remember, hold on. I'm not in this by myself. And this is why you go and you read your scriptures. You get those things in there to help your mind in there. And you start to find out that all of a sudden you won't freak out as much. All of a sudden a little zombie bumps out. I was like, that's just a little zombie. You ever seen people of faith when things hit them? You know, I was fortunate enough to have parents who had a lot of faith and man, it was like whatever the news they got, you know, when my mom was sick, it's like, she's healed, woohoo! She's sick and she's gonna die. That's right, we're trusting God. They would freak the doctors out. The doctors thought there was something wrong with them. Well, that's not how you're supposed to act. Don't you see what's going on? No, 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 we get it. But they understood, this is just my reality of what I see. I, I serve a big God. You get this stuff in, it really affects and changes you. Now as we close today, I also want to talk to those here that maybe you know you're just not living the right way. And you know you're not even sure what I really even call myself a Christian. And maybe you're trying to figure out this whole God thing and faith and stuff. And then faith is tricky, you know, and you might be someone who's trying to look at it and see it through their little virtual reality goggles. But it's tough because you can't see him. But you know, when, when, you, when you pray and you sit there, sometimes you'll feel things. It's like you feel this outward stuff and you might be feeling almost like a drawing and a, 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 a calling inside of you that's like, man, I, I really believe. But I don't know what to do because I can't understand it. <laughs> you know, the scripture says if you just have faith in Jesus and you believe that God did in fact send his son to die for your sins that if you would believe in him if you believe in Jesus he'll forgive you for your sins and you would have eternal life and so I just wanted to take a moment here we're going to pray in just a second and I want to lead you through a prayer and if, and if that's you today or maybe you feel like that man it used to be me and I've still gotten far away from it I, I want to just pray with you today Pray this prayer, and as you pray this, just really believe that in your heart. And if you really believe that in the heart and you really mean that when you pray that, that that's, it changes. That's the first step to being transformed. The scripture says it's almost like being born again. 
You're not what you were. You're now something different. Amen? If you would, just bow your heads. And I just ask everyone to pray this. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I surrender my life to you. I freely choose Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. And help me to learn your ways. Amen.